This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This week, MMWR published data highlighting important public health successes as well as ongoing challenges. First, a new report highlights the success of a public health program to protect American Indian and Alaska Native people from hepatitis C. Second, an analysis of U.S. water systems during 2016 through 2021 shows most provided optimal fluoride levels to improve oral health in their communities. Third, most U.S. adults have some form of immunity against COVID-19. Finally, data from select restaurant-related foodborne outbreaks during 2017 through 2019 show a sick worker was often involved. Policies for sick workers are key to preventing these types of outbreaks. Welcome, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MNWR's weekly briefing, where we dive deeper into the headlines for the week of May 29th. The first report looks at the success of the Cherokee Nation's Hepatitis C Elimination Program, which was implemented in 2015. This report highlights the progress the program made through 2020 and the gaps that need to be addressed to achieve elimination of hepatitis C in this community. Five years after implementing the program, more than 1,400 people have been diagnosed with hepatitis C, 86% of whom were linked to care. However, only 71% of patients linked to care started treatment because many patients were unable to access treatment medications. Better access to treatment medications at the time of hepatitis C diagnosis is needed to protect American Indian and Alaska Native people. The second report examines fluoride levels in U.S. community water systems. Drinking water fluoridated at the level recommended by the U.S. Public Health Service helps achieve oral health benefits and minimizes risks associated with excessive fluoride exposure. Fluoride levels should be between 0.7 to 2.0 milligrams per liter. During 2016 through 2021, 99.99% of community water systems safely fluoridated water with levels below the secondary safety standard of 2.0 milligrams per liter. However, 16% were below the optimal level of 0.7 milligrams per liter to provide full oral health benefits. Suboptimal fluoride levels are an inefficient use of those communities' resources. To demonstrate that recommended fluoride levels are being met, water systems, state oral health programs, and state drinking water officials are encouraged to work together to report data to CDC's Water Fluoridation Reporting System. This will provide the full benefit of cavity prevention through water fluoridation. The third report describes the rates of SARS-CoV-2 among blood donors in the United States. Hybrid immunity, which is immunity derived from both previous infection and vaccination, has been reported to provide better protection than that from infection or vaccination alone. However, COVID-19 vaccination is the safest way to protect against severe illness, particularly among older adults and other groups who are at increased risk of getting very sick. Using antibody and self-reported vaccination data from a nationwide cohort of blood donors, CDC estimated the percentage of people with immunity from infection, 
vaccination, or both. By the fall of 2022, 96% of the nearly 73,000 blood donors aged 16 years and older included in the study had antibodies to the virus that causes COVID-19. The proportion of people with hybrid immunity has increased over time. It was found to be lowest among older adults because of lower rates of previous infection. This is likely due to higher rates of vaccination and preventive behaviors in this age group. Older adults are at increased risk for severe disease if infected. Thus, these findings highlight the importance of adults ages 65 years and older continuing to protect themselves against severe illness by staying up to date with COVID-19 vaccinations. It's also important to ensure older adults have easy access to antiviral medications to prevent severe illness. The last report looks at foodborne illness outbreaks at retail food establishments. Each year, state and local public health departments report hundreds of foodborne illness outbreaks associated with food establishments to CDC. This report summarizes data from 800 foodborne illness outbreaks at U.S. restaurants, as reported by 25 state and local health departments during 2017 through 2019. Four in 10 foodborne outbreaks with an identified cause were linked to sick workers. Only one in six restaurants with outbreaks had a detailed policy to prevent contamination from sick workers. Restaurants can reduce foodborne outbreaks by promoting proper hand hygiene and excluding ill or infectious workers from handling food. It's important for restaurants to develop and enforce policies that require workers with symptoms of vomiting, diarrhea, jaundice, sore throat with fever, or a lesion with pus to one, notify their manager, and two, stay home or not work with food. That's all for this briefing. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to MMWR at cdc.gov MMWR to stay up to date on the latest scientific information. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.